Bibles this morning, turn to Romans chapter four, uh, 10. Romans chapter 10. We're going to look at verses 14 and 15 this morning as we conclude our series on the reason for the season. I want to talk to you this morning about glad tidings in 2023. It's just hard to believe that we're already in 2023. Amen? It just seems like it was just uh, you know, a year or two ago, the tw- uh, 2000 Y2K. You remember Y2K? Everybody was afraid the world was coming to an end. Uh, any airplane in the air was going to crash because all computers wasn't programmed to go beyond that. It was just going to be devastation. And that was, if this is 2023, that was 23 years ago. Is, that, is, my, is, is my Gozentas right? Okay. You know, but yeah, it's just hard to believe we're already here, but we are. And I think God wants us to have glad tidings in 2023. Now, last week we ended our lesson by looking at the words of Paul in Romans chapter 10, verse 13, where Paul said, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Paul is speaking here about one calling on the name of the person. We talked last week about the person and the price about one calling on the person, Jesus Christ, not just believing in our mind that there was a guy one time on this earth named Jesus who who lived on this earth, but believing and trusting in our heart that the person of salvation paid the price of salvation, his death on the cruel cross of Calvary, in order that we could have uh, salvation, in order that we can have eternity in heaven, in order that we could have a personal relationship with the creator of this very universe, Jesus Christ, the person of salvation, paid that price in order for us to be able to do so. Now, this is the reason for the season that this little babe born in a manger, who we have seen that he gave, he said he gave his back to the smiters, his cheek to them that plucked off the hairs, who who hid not his face from the shame and the spitting that was upon him, who endured the beatings of the Roman soldiers and was willing to lay down on that old rugged cross and allow him to nail them to that cross uh, to give his very life He made it possible, folks, that we could have eternal life. Now, as great as that is, there's one problem, and Paul addresses it here in verse 14. He says this, How then shall they call on him, speaking about Jesus Christ, how shall they call on him who they have not believed, and how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard, And how shall they hear without a preacher? Now, when he says without a preacher, he's not talking about the person behind the pulpit who a church pays to, you know, preach, okay? You are the preacher. If you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you're just as much responsible to share the gospel story with others as I am, okay? And we need to understand that. You are a preacher. So he said, how are they going to hear if you do not tell them the true Christmas story? If you, as a child of God, does not share with people, you know, that, that there is a such thing as glad tidings, you know, if they know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. A great question here he asks. Salvation for mankind is the reason for the season here, but in order for people to receive that salvation, Paul says something must take place, and that thing that must take place first, folks, is their hearing about God's gift to mankind. 
You know, so in our scripture text, Paul lets us know, you know that the message must be proclaimed. Yet in verse 15, look at verse 15, he asked another question. And how shall they preach except they be sent? Have you been sent? You better believe you have. Matthew 28, Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. He wasn't talking about just those 12. He wasn't talking about just evangelists. He wasn't talking about just missionaries. He was talking about all of us who know him as our Lord and Savior. He said, how are they going to preach? Or, you know, how shall they preach except they be sent? You were sent. And as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. And here's what he said. This is where our text is going to come in. And bring glad tidings of good things. Folks, even in the midst of bad news, when we present Jesus Christ, we're presenting glad tidings and good news. Jesus Christ is that good news. Notice in verse 14, Paul says it must be preached, and what must be preached is the gospel of peace, and that they bring with them glad tidings of good things. You know, if you watch much news today, you know, about 90%, probably even more than that, of news that you watch is bad news. I mean, when was the last time you watched a news program? I don't care what it was, Fox, CNN, you know, or, uh, you know, whatever, and there was good news. Very seldom do you see good news anymore. We, you know, we still hear them talk about deaths from COVID, though for all practical purposes that's long gone uh, they, 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 they came up with this vaccine that was supposed to cure it all but it was not nearly as effective as they first thought it was now you have to take two or three booster shots you know I mean there was good news for a little bit until they realized it wasn't working the way they planned gas prices have soared grocery prices have soared you know a shortage of computer ships has has caused our car dealerships you know their lots to be totally empty you know an unsecured border you know that's allowing thousands of illegals to flood into our nation and destroy our economy you know has taken place on and on we could go with the bad news that we hear about on a daily basis so wouldn't it be nice for someone to bring to us glad tidings of great joy well, I'm going to attempt to do that this morning. First of all, good news in the midst of bad. As children of God, no matter how bad the news around us, folks, we, as God's children, we, as God's people, we possess glad tidings and good news to tell to those that are around us. You see, it's the good news that God so loved the world that he sent Jesus to came to this earth. It's good news that Jesus lived a sinless life while he was on this earth. It's good news that Jesus endured the pain and he endured the suffering and death upon the cross. It is good news that Jesus had victory over death and hell and the grave and he is alive today. It's good news that Jesus is returning for his church, folks. And it's also good good news, you know, that, 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 that Jesus will one day destroy the devil and all evil. That is good news. That's something we can hold on to. Yes, in the midst of all this bad news around us, we as God's people can bring glad tidings of good things to the people around us. Now, as we think about going into this new year just seven days away, okay, God's people don't need to dwell on the negative that 2022 brought us. 
Yes, 2022 brought some bad things, bad news. You know, some lost loved ones in 2022. Some lost jobs in 2022. Some lost children in 2020. You know, we could look and we could focus on those bad things. But folks, there is good news in the midst of all the bad. And that's what we got to focus upon. Good news and glad tidings should be what God's people major upon. And, you know, as I ponder over this coming the coming year, you know, there's several things that I can look back on in 2022 and thank God for. First of all, glad tidings here and good news of 2022. First of all, that lost have been saved. Folks, that is good news. That's something we can focus on. That we, there, there are those that we know, there's friends and loved ones who were saved in 2022. In spite of all the bad news we could reflect on, looking back, I want to tell you, I am thankful in 2022 that God saw fit to send to this church 13 new members who either joined by baptism or by letter or statement. God chose to send some great people to this church in 2022 to help out in ministry and to help spread glad tidings and good news to all the people around us. You know, that I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. Look, God is still not willing that a single person should spend eternity in hell. That is good news. What did Peter say? The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness. He said, but he is long-suffering. You know what that means? He's patient. And, you know, some of us, he has to be patient with. Amen? You know, some of you are perfect. You know, God don't have to be patient with you. But if you're like me, I'm glad he's got patience. He said he's long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Folks, that's good news, that God is, is, is not willing that a single person spend eternity in hell. Peter is saying here that the good news is that God is patient for your sakes and hope if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, his hope is that you would come to a, sol- a saving knowledge of the gift that he sent over 2,000 years ago that he sent just for you. I'm thankful also that the Holy Spirit is still calling people to repentance. In John 6, Jesus said, No man can come unto me unless the Father which has sent him draw me. And here's the promise. If he comes to me, I will raise him up in the last day. You know what he's saying? Every single person who calls upon me, you know, for salvation, when the rapture happens, you're going up. If you're in the grave at that time, you're coming up. If you're still alive, you're going up. Folks, that's good news, isn't it? That's good news that we don't have to look forward to the things of this earth. Folks, that is good news. That's glad tidings. That's great joy that you can be assured that many times in your life here, you know, that, 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 that God is going to draw you through His Holy Spirit in hopes of that you will enter a personal relationship, you know, with the Father by way of that gift that He sent, that babe in a manger over 2,000 years ago. But you know what? That choice is yours. That choice is yours. I'm also thankful for the next thing here, that God desires that everyone who is drawn by the Spirit be saved. Folks, that's His desire, that when He sends that Holy Spirit to convict you of your sin, when He sends that Holy Spirit to draw you into His presence, that you'll be saved. Again, Romans 10, 13, whosoever 
shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. You know who whosoever is? It's you. It's you. That's who you are. Look, in spite of all the bad news around us, the good news is that anyone who will seek God's gift of this world can and will be saved. You know what the good thing about salvation? You don't have to beg God for your salvation. You don't have to work for your salvation. You don't have to pay for your salvation. Just believe with your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and you will be saved. It can't get no easier than that. can't get no easier than that. And, and, and that is the reason for the season. Look, that is the good news in the midst of all bad. That is glad tidings of great joy. And the next thing I'm thankful for is that I can overcome the temptations of Satan. <laughs> now, stick with me on this one. You know, James said, submit yourself, therefore, to God. Now, look at this. Resist the devil. And what's it say he's going to do? He's going to boogie, folks. He's going to boogie. You know, he, he, you know he, 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 all you're going to see is heel dust as he runs away, okay? Let's talk about this just for a moment. <clears throat> Let's talk about this. The good news for you and I in 2023 is that Satan has been defeated. Listen to me. And he has no control over you. Let me say that again. Satan has been defeated, not will be defeated. He has been defeated. When Jesus Christ rose from the dead, Satan was defeated. And he has no control over the child of God. Look here. For the child of God, we all, most all of us in here remember Flip Wilson, don't we? Well, Flip Wilson used to say, the devil made me do it. Listen to me, child of God. The devil cannot make you do one single solitary thing. Now, he may be able to tempt you, but if you do it, it's because you choose to do so. Okay? Don't blame it on the devil. Don't blame it on grandpa. Don't blame it on daddy. Don't blame it on mama. Don't blame it on this is how I was raised. No, you choose to make the choices you make in life. Look, you don't have to make a New Year's resolution to stop some sin in your life that you're going to break next week or that you're going to break the next day. How many times have you made a New Year's resolution that I will stop smoking, I will stop drinking, I will stop, you know, whatever it is, you're going to stop doing. And the next day, what, you're right back at it. Look, don't make a New Year's resolution. Please don't do that. I mean, that's your business, I guess. But don't make a liar out of yourself, okay? You know what's better than a New Year's resolution? It's trusting God. It's trusting God. It's giving that sin over to God and, 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 and overcoming it, saying no to it, okay? All you have to do as a child of God is just say no to the temptation and move on. Now, in this passage, let me show you three things that James is clear on here, okay? Three observations here from James 4, 7. First of all, in order to resist temptation, this is the temptation of Satan, one must, first of all, do this, submit themselves to God, okay? 
You can't do it on your own. You must submit yourself to God. Here's the thing. We either submit ourselves to God in the middle of temptation. We either submit ourselves to God or we submit ourselves to the flesh. There's no, there's no middle area here. When you're being tempted, you're either going to submit to God and stay true to God or you're going to submit to the flesh and give in to that temptation. That, only one of those choices, okay? Now, here's the thing. Because our old nature is controlled by the flesh, we're in essence, when we give in to the flesh, when we submit to the flesh, we're in essence submitting to Satan. Wow, I didn't know that. Well, yes, you are. You're either submitting to God or you're submitting to Satan. When you submit under temptation to the flesh, that's exactly what you're doing. You're giving in to Satan. Now, the second thing here is, we must resist the temptation of Satan. Now, understand, resisting is a choice, okay? It's a choice. It's a choice that you must make. No one can make it for you. The choice to resist is your choice and your choice only. You either resist or you give in to the temptation. And once you submit to yourself to God... Then make the choice to resist the temptation of Satan. Then what will happen, that's when Satan will flee from you. I mean, that's what we see in this passage of Scripture is this progression here. It's then that Satan will flee from you. Understand this. He will leave at that point. But the thing is, not for good. Okay? I mean, you hadn't got rid of him. You hadn't shook him off your old back yet. Okay? Here's the thing. He'll try again tomorrow. Or he'll try again the next day. Or he'll try again next week. Or he'll wait till he sees a weak moment in your life. And then he'll try it again. So submitting and resisting, here's the thing. It's an ongoing process. You know, it, it would be nice if we could, uh, you know, submit, resist, and he run from us. And that's for the rest of our life. But listen to me, it's not that way. It's an everyday <clears throat> battle. It's an ongoing process throughout our lifetime. How do we know that he's going to return? Look, when Re Luke recorded the temptation of Jesus, he had this to say. And when the devil had ended all his temptations, he departed from Jesus forever. Is that what that says? Oh, no, I need to clean my glasses. For a season. That simply means for just a little while, just a little while. Look here, what we see in this passage is that Jesus was not just tempted those 40 days and 40 nights only, but throughout his entire time on this earth. I like the way Eugene Peterson puts it in his, uh, the message. He puts it this way. The devil retreated temporarily, lying in wait for another opportunity. Boy, isn't that good. He, he, he departed temporarily. But he laid in wait for another opportunity to pounce on Jesus. You know, I, that's another reason I think the Bible calls him, or says of Satan, he's like a lion, okay? You know, just ready to pounce on his prey, okay, to destroy them. Look, the problem for many is that they're constantly giving in to temptation because they're not walking close to God. 
Listen to me. If you're not walking close to God, you're going to find yourself giving in to temptation more than resisting. And in that passage in James 4, it went on to say in verse 8 that the problem with many people, the problem with many who give in to temptation is that their loyalty to God is wishy-washy. Now, what do I mean by it's wishy-washy? He says this. He said, come close to God, and God will come close to you. Now, this is a promise, okay? Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty. Here's the problem. Your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Boy, isn't that so true with so many within our churches? Their loyalty is divided between God and the world. They want the good things that God has to offer, but they're not willing to turn loose from the things of this world that they enjoy. So what James is saying here, you're divided. You're divided. Your loyalty is not to God. And folks... I don't know about you, but uh, when we're divided like that, it splits us apart. You may have seen one. If you watch very many Westerns like me and my wife do all all the time, you know, I I seen one one time. Don't even remember what the name of it is, but the Indians caught this old boy and they they pulled down some saplings and, you know, tied his arms to one sapling and his other arm to another and his legs and they cut the ropes. (laughs) What happened? He was divided. And you know what? That's the way a lot of people in our churches are. They're torn in half. And the reason they're torn in half is is because their loyalty to God is wishy-washy. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world. God help us. Look, if we want to be able to stand up against the wiles of the devil, our loyalty must be to God and God only. We can't resist the devil in our own strength. So that's why we must first submit ourselves to God. Then we can stand against the devil in God's strength, in his strength, in his might. And church, Satan is a destroyer, and he's as a roaring lion. And listen to me, in this day, in this time, in 2023, he's even going to escalate this. But Satan is out to destroy your home. He's out to destroy your family relationships. He's trying to destroy your church, your testimony. He's trying to destroy our nation. And if we're not 100% sold out to God, we then open the opportunity for God to do so. Church, we must put our loyalty to God and God only and stop dividing ourselves between him and the world. Because that's how we get destroyed. You know, I believe in 2023, God desires revival for his people. We all know this passage of scripture in 2 Chronicles 7:14. If my people, who is God's people? Us, Christians. If my people, not the world, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Now, this, this, this sounds like, uh, you know, it, it's contingent upon something, doesn't it? Okay? And turn from their wicked ways. In other words, stop being divided here. Okay? He says, then. If I was writing this, I would have capitalized then. Then will I hear from heaven. 
Then will I forgive their sin. Then will I heal their land. Let, let, let's talk about this. Church, I believe that God desires for his people, especially here in our great nation, revival, you know, in 2023. But that can only happen if we, his people, are willing to do a few things to make that happen. Now, let, let, let's, let, let's look at four observations for America to experience revival. If we're going to experience revival in 2023, here's four things that must happen. God's people must first humble themselves. Look, I'm afraid that many people who call themselves Christians have more pride than they do humility, okay? A, a prideful heart and a prideful spirit will never experience the moving of the Holy Spirit on someone's life. Look, America, I just pray, okay? My prayer is that America has not already been completely taken over like Israel was. There were three evil spirits that took over Israel. Well, they, actually, they were, so were people, but today the spirit of those people, I believe, are active in the United States of America. Let me, let me tell you what I'm talking about. America, I hope, has not already been completely taken over by the three spirits that overtook Israel. First of all, by looking at our nation, I, I, I fear we have. The first is the spirit of Baal. Baal turned God's people away from the true God. In other words, the spirit of Baal is the God of apostasy. Folks, I'm afraid that God Jehovah is not the God of America today. I believe there are plenty of other gods that many people are serving rather than God, Jehovah. Rather that's God of material things, whether it's God of, you know, of, of, of riches, rather that's God, whatever. We, you can probably think of some that you know people are serving. But the spirit of Baal, I believe, has overtaken the United States of America. It has turned people away from one true God. The other spirit is the spirit of Ishtar. Ishtar was uh, the goddess of sexual perversion. She led God's people off into adultery. And, and, and as I look at America today, I can see the spirit of Ishtar active today. I mean, you, you know, you look around, and again, she was the spirit of, of sexual perversion, you know, and you look at America today, and it's saturated with pornography, sexual immorality, <laughs> Even the desire, if this makes sense, for some people to change the sex of what they were created by God to be. You, you know, that is the spirit of Ishtar active in America today. I mean, look at the sexual explosion in America today. You know, uh, I, I got a daughter and a son-in-law who was over yesterday. They said they hadn't watched TV and, or, you know, they got one of those little sticks. So they hadn't watched TV to where they has commercials, and they was uh, at the deer lease the other day and put up an antenna and was able to get some regular channels, and they said, we couldn't believe the commercials we see today. And right after they said that, one of the first commercials that come on was a commercial for HIV, uh, some medicine for HIV, and of course it had, you know, homosexuals walking down the beach together, all loved up together. You know what that is? The spirit of Ishtar. 
And, folks, it has taken over our nation. God help us. Finally, there was the spirit of Molech. Molech was a, you know, a god that, that uh, uh, the Israelites began to sacrifice their children by fire. We've talked about Molech before in one of our Bible studies. The people of Israel were casting their you know, children in fire to serve the god of Molech. You say, well, how's America been overtaken by that spirit? What do you think abortion is? Abortion is the ungodly act of Americans sacrificing their children to the murderous act of abortion. Listen, folks, God's people must humble ourselves and come out from among this evil if there's hope for revival in America in 2023. We've got to come out from this, folks. We've got to stop letting the spirits, you know, these three spirits, infiltrate the church which they're doing which they're doing we've got to come out from among it the next thing here is god's people must be willing to be a people of prayer look god is not talking here about someone praying before a meal and and and, and praying a prayer past the teeth and over the gums look out stomach here it comes he's not talking here about a prayer that just says at night now i lay me down to sleep Folks, God is talking here about sincere praying. He's talking here about crying out to Him with a broken and contrite heart. He's talking about, you know, falling prostrate before Him in humility and seeking His presence. Which leads to the third thing. The third thing. God's people must be willing to seek His face. Seek His face. You know, the problem with many people when it comes to seeking the face of God is because when we truly seek the face of God, we find. And what we find when we find God is we begin, you know, when we're seeking His face and we find His face, it, it reflects back on who we really are. In other words, when we seek the face of God, we're able to see ourselves as God sees us. And for most, they don't like what they see. Therefore, they turn away from God. Because I don't like what I see here. Well, you know what? You're only seeing yourself the way God sees you. Now, again, it comes down to a choice. You have a choice here. What are you going to do about it? If you don't like what you see, are you going to continue doing it? Are you going to turn away from God and go back the other way and continue in it? Or are you going to do something about it? That's the question. That's the question. You see, the example, the example we see here is in Isaiah chapter 6. You know, when Isaiah saw the face of God, you, you, you remember Isaiah saw himself the way that God saw him. And here's what I, Isaiah said when he saw God. It reflected back on who he was. He said, whoa, is me. In other words, you know what he's saying? I did not realize I was this away. I did not realize this is what I am. He says, woe is me for I am undone. He said, because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in amongst the people of unclean lips. See, not only did he see himself for what he was, he's seen his nation for what they were. He's seen the people around him for what they was. He said, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. 
Listen, when we approach God, when we seek God, do we seek God with the intention of, Lord, you show me what it is that's within me that is unpleasing to you? I'm afraid for most we don't do it that way. We don't do it that way. When Isaiah found himself in the presence of God, all he could say is, woe is me. But what gets us in the presence of God, okay? Humbling ourselves, praying, and seeking his presence. And when those three things take place, folks, here's what the next thing is. Then God's people will experience revival. Then. What did he say? Then, after we do this, after we humble ourselves, after we pray sincerely, as we, after, after we seek his face, then, he says, that's when I'll hear from heaven. Then, that's when I'll forgive your sin. Then, that's when I will heal your land. Folks, America needs a healing. But that healing can only start with us, the people of God. If you want to turn this nation of bad news back into a nation of godly news, it's going to have to begin with our, God's people first humbling ourselves before him, developing a sincere prayer life that's going to lead us to seeking his face, thereby seeing the sin within our own life and within our own nation, repenting of that, and then from heaven, God will hear and he will heal our land. Look, if we want glad tidings of great joy in 2023, folks, it must begin with you and me. It must begin with the people of God. It must begin taking our relationship with God a lot more serious than maybe we did in 2022. Let me just close with this thought. <clears throat> Jesus is going to be returning soon, folks, and, and looking at the way things are in our world and the way they're lining up with the government of most every country, including and especially the United States of America, everything is setting the stage for Antichrist to come on the scene. I mean, everything's trying to go to a cashless society. You know, you got your people already, you know, jockeying for position of world leaders and things like this. I mean, you, you know, you, you look around. And you see that everything is lining up for Antichrist to come on the scene. And the thing is, people are lining up like sheep, following everything their government's telling them to do without even questioning what they are demanding of them. What I mean by that is, you know, well, when, when I teach, teach eschatology, which, by the way, uh, about the middle of March, we should be through with 1 John, and I'm going to start a study on Sunday nights on the book of the Revelation. And one of the main questions, probably the most popular question I get when I'm teaching eschatology, you know, is this. How will Antichrist convince people to take the mark of the beast? That's a question I get asked more than anything else. How is he going to get people all over the world to take the mark of the beast? Listen to me. Just look around at what's happening today. The answer to that is fear. Now, <laughs> though I, I personally, and I understand personally, though I personally have not and will not ever take the vaccine, you know, uh, you know, uh, I have no problem with people who choose to do so. Again, that's, if you feel that's best for you, by all means, you do it, Okay. If you've got, you know, underlying issues, by all means, do it. 
okay? But me personally, you know, I haven't, I never will take the vaccine. But if you feel it's best for you, you know what? It's no one else's business, okay? No one else's business. But I don't think it's right for the government to strike fear into people in order to pressure them to take it. And that's exactly what happened in 2020 and 2021. And even today, you know, they're still trying to do that. I just don't think it's right to pressure people to take it. And you know what? That's how so many will end up taking the mark of the beast as Antichrist is going to strike fear into the hearts of the people by threatening, if you don't take this mark, you won't be able to buy food. If you don't take this mark, you won't be able to sell. If you don't take this mark, you're not going to be able to get medical attention. If you don't take this mark, we may even kill you. Antichrist is going to strike fear into the hearts of the people. And let me tell you, when people are afraid, they line up like sheep and they do whatever they're told. Okay? They do whatever they're told. Fear is driving it. And that's how it's going to be. That's how it will be during the tribulation period. And you know what? Many, as, as a result of that fear, is going to accept that mark of the beast. And as a result, spend eternity in a devil's hell remember god is not the author of fear church jesus is coming again he's going to come suddenly he's going to come selectively what i mean by that is for his church for the saved only and he is going to come surely it's going to happen it's going to happen what will 2023 hold for you personally what are you looking for in 2023? 2022 is in seven days will be in the, in the background. You know, there's a saying that says no one can go back and make a new start, my friend, but anyone can start from now and make a brand new end. In seven days, let's turn a loose of 2022, whatever it was, good or bad, and let's focus on 2023. So my question is, what are you looking for in 2023? You know what I'm looking for? I'm looking for a closer relationship with Jesus Christ than I had in 2022. That's what I'm looking for. And you know what? If, if I reach my goal of having a closer relationship with him in 2022 or in 2023 than I had in 22, great things are going to happen. There will be great tidings of joy in my life because the closer I am to him the less I see the bad around me because all I can see is him look if you're here this morning and you've never accepted Jesus as your personal savior not much to look forward to in 2023 except the same old same old but if you come to Jesus Christ this morning you ask him to be your Lord and Savior you got a lot of great joy to look forward to in 2022. Glad tidings of great joy. So what about it this morning? Have you in your personal life accepted the gift of God's Son into your life by confessing with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believing in your heart that God raised him from the dead and Jesus Christ has is, is come into your heart and your life? If not, you need to take care of that this morning. Child of God, 
what was your relationship with Jesus in 2022? Is it where you wanted it to be? Or as you look back, you say, it was wishy-washy. I was holding on to more of the world than I was holding on to him. Well, you know whose fault that is? Don't say the preachers. It's your own fault. Okay. Do you want it to be that way in 23? Or would you like to turn loose of some of that world and draw closer to him? That choice is yours. Whatever your need is here this morning, we just hope you'll be responsive as the Holy Spirit calls. We're going to have a song of invitation. If you need to make a move or whatever this morning, you move as God leads. Let's pray. I